Alright, session 1.3. Think about your hands. They're valuable. They're extremely important to your daily life. You have to use them on a consistent basis. You have to work with them, you have to grab things with them, uh, you have to feed yourself with them, uh, you have to use them to click and watch this video. We use them all the time. They are extremely valuable and extremely important. So I think it, it obviously kind of shows us that in worship we can use them as an extremely important act of worship. Um, we already talked in session 1.0 about clapping your hands. And when we talked about clapping, we used Psalms 47.1, which says, Oh, clap your hands, all you people, shout unto God with a voice of triumph. And there's several other scriptures that talk about that, but refer to session 1.0. And we've talked about speaking, we've talked about praying, and now we're to the next one where we're going to talk about lifting your hands. And what's the significance of lifting your hands in worship uh, as an act of worship? But before we do that, we need to understand a little bit more. We know they're valuable, as we just discussed in our natural thing uh, of life. But our hands are symbolic throughout scripture a lot about our work, about what we do, about our focus, about our productivity. Um, about the, the increase that we gain in life. Our, our, our hands are symbolic of that when it says that put to your hand in Scripture. It says it all over the place. It means to put your work to, to put your effort into, to put your focus into. Um, so let's look at some Scriptures when we're, when we're talking about this. Now that we have that in light, let's look at this. It's Deuteronomy 8.18. This is what it says. But thou shalt remember the Lord thy God, for he has given you the power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant which he swore to your fathers, as it is this day. Now, the first thing we have to do, though, is redefine wealth. Because the second I said that, everybody thinks the emoji sign with dollar signs in its eyes. And yes, wealth does mean money. But that's a very, very small, small portion of it. Wealth really translates to resources. Let's think about resources. In the natural, we have all kinds of different resources. We have gold, we have silver, we have copper, we have uh, silicon, uh, which is a very popular one. It's in computers. Um, we have gases. We have all different sorts, and it comes in different forms. It applies spiritually as well. He's given you the power to get wealth physically. Yes, money and all these things. But he's also given you the power to get other resources. What other resources do we have spiritually? Because it also applies spiritually. Well, we have health. That's a resource. That's a spiritual resource. It's also a physical one if you look at your physical body. But if you're sick and you need healing, you need this resource that is a spiritual resource, which is God's healing, anointing, and power. So your mind is a resource. Your spirit, your emotions, people are a resource. Relationships that you have in life are resources that you have, right? If I don't know something, I, I go to, to someone that's a resource. For instance, I was studying a scripture uh, earlier today, and I called up my dad, and he came over, and we looked at some scripture. Why? He's a resource for me. People are resources. Relationships are resources. Um, and like I said, we have all kinds of different natural resources as well. So that helps us understand that. Everything in scripture usually is a parallel. It shows us something in the physical realm that we know and understand and says, it's like this in the spiritual realm. So let's remember that about resources. He gives us the power to get those resources, okay? Um so there's several other scriptures that talk about that. Um, let's look at this one right here, Psalms 1.1. 1, 1, um, and it says this right here. Blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the godly, nor stands in the way of the sinner, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. For his law, light sorry, is in the law of the Lord, and in his law does he meditate day and night. For he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth his fruit in his season. His leaves also shall not wither, and whatever he does or touches shall prosper. Right? So there's a scripture showing us right there. It also shows us about meditating, which we talked about again in session 1.1. 1 
Um, Joshua 1 and 8, it talks about the, the book of the law not departing from your mouth and meditating on day and night and then observe it and then you'll make your way prosperous. Proverbs 16.3 says the same thing. It says to commit your works. Commit the works of your hand, what your hands are doing. Commit that to the Lord, and then your thoughts will be established. And then the, 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 the concepts and ideas will be established and cemented. Okay, And then Deuteronomy 39, it talks about, I'll make your way plenteous in every work of your hand. And it starts listing. It says, the fruit of your body and in the cattle of the field and in the land uh, for good. And the Lord will rejoice in this good. And he rejoices over this. And it talks about this. So again, with the, the work of your hands to gain resources, to gain these resources, okay? Let's now look at this act of worship of lifting our hands. Now that we've kind of defined hands, the importance of the hands and what they're intended to do, how does this apply to the act of worship? Here's how it applies. Let's look at lifting your hands, to lift your hands. Here's what it says in 1 Timothy 2, 8. It says, Wherefore men pray everywhere, lifting holy hands without doubting. Lifting holy hands without doubting. So we see a scripture reference to say lift your hands. Holy means to be set apart hands, okay? So hands are how we get resources. And then it says lift holy hands, set apart hands. So let's look at this right here. When we lift, we place something higher. That's what lifting means, to pick it up and to place it higher. Okay, so we lift our hands and we place our hands higher. And you know, we've already read scriptures that talk about the power to get wealth and that we need to commit them to the works that God has given us. So, and they need to be set apart, as it says in 1 Timothy 2 and 8. Now let's look at this right here. Okay, we're gonna, we're gonna come down here and see what this really means. We're gonna read in Genesis 3, 17, 17 through 24. We're gonna read this here, okay? And basically where we're at here in scripture, just to kind of catch, catch you up where 17 jumps in at. Uh, 17 jumps in at basically after man has has eaten of the tree, they've partaken of the tree, and then God says, hey, I'm looking for you, Adam, and Adam says, oh, well, we hid ourselves because we were naked. God says, who told you you were naked? So they have this conversation, and then God says, well, now we're going to have to do something about this. We're going to have to change something because I told you um, this is what you weren't supposed to do, so now we've got to change something here. And here's what he says. Uh, right before this, he, he tells a woman about hers, about the labor and childbirth and things, and right here it says in 17, and unto Adam, he said, Because you have hearkened to the voice of your wife, and has eaten of the tree, for which I have commanded you, saying, Don't eat of this tree. Cursed is the ground for your sake. In sorrow shall you eat all the days of your life. And verse 18 says, Thorns and thistles shall, shall it bring forth to you, and you shall eat the herbs of the field. In 19, In the sweat of your face I shall eat bread. Until um, you return to the ground, for out uh, of the ground you were taken, and dust you are, and dust you will return. Verse 20. And Adam called his wife's name Eve, because she was the mother of all living things. Verse 21. And unto Adam also, and unto his wife, the Lord made coat skins and cloths for them. I want to point something out that's not directly related here, but right here in the scripture you see God's love immediately in Genesis. The second man turned from him. He corrected in love. And that's a key thing. If you, if you look at that, that is God showing his love. That is the true essence of God is he loves and he will correct, but he does it through love. He does it with love. He makes them skin coats as, he, as, he's, as he's doing this. And, okay. So now let's jump back in here to the actual worship of lifting hands. Just a little side note there. 
22 says this, And the Lord said, Behold, the man has become one of us, knowing good from evil. Now, lest he put forth his hand and take of the tree of life and eat it, he'll live forever. Remember, the tree of life was one he could eat from from before, but now God's saying, Wait, because of this thing that's happened, I've got to, I've got to separate him from this. So, because if he put forth his hand, the thing that, that we use to gain our resources, and he gains this resource of life, He's going to live forever in this state, and we can't have that. We, we don't want him to live in this state forever, so we've got to block that from him. Verse 23 says, Therefore the Lord God sent him forth from the Garden of Eden to till the ground from whence he came. And then verse 24, So he drove out the man, placed at the east of the Garden of Eden cherubims, with a flaming sword which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. So here we see something happen. After... We disobeyed. After we quit worshiping, basically, we quit adhering to what God was trying to, to, to show us here with Adam and Eve, then we have to work with our hands, work and toil, and, and work at gaining our resources. And we see all these scriptures after that that say He's given you the power to get these resources. So when we're lifting our hands in worship, there's really kind of three things that it could mean. Now, there could be others, but these are the three that, that I kind of view and see that it could mean. Number one, it could mean the act of asking God to hold on to you. I need that love like we saw in, in verse 21. And you're raising your hands like a child does to, to be held from somebody. You ever seen a little child come and running up to mom or dad and they lift their hands and, they, and they're saying, hold me, hold me. They want to be held. So you can lift your hands as an act of worship. These hands that 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 God has, has, has put so much emphasis on through Scripture. And you can say, God, I just need you to hold me. And that's one way that you can mean it. Now, another way that, that the same act of worship can be in the heart, because we've been talking about heart motive in every single one of these sessions. So you need to definitely go back and see those. But the next one is an act of surrender. An act of surrender saying, hey, I surrender. Right? What do we do? Hopefully you've never been in a situation, but what do the police say? Come out with your hands up. And you say, okay, I'm coming out with my hands up. What does that mean? It's an interesting thing way to think about this. I don't have anything that you can't see. Think about that when you're worshiping God. I surrender, and I don't have anything you can't see. I open my heart, and I don't have anything you can't see. I surrender. But this other way that we see it come in is this right here. We read, just read you scripture after scripture. It talks about he gives you the power to get wealth, the works of your hand. He, he empowers these things to, to do this work. And then we see that, that when Adam did it, he had to start using his hands to gain these, to gain these things, uh, these resources. And, it didn't, and, and, and God says, hey, I, I got to take this tree of life resource away for now. Um, but you got to use your hands. And God empowers us to gain these resources. Now let's look at this. When you're lifting your hands, you're saying, God, I give you those resources. I give you that work, that toil, that stress. I give you the time that I would be spending this to gain my own resources because I don't need my resources anymore, God. I need your resources. I don't need my spirit. I need your spirit. I don't need my uh, emotions. I need your emotions. I don't need my thoughts. I need your thoughts because they're higher than, than my thoughts. I, need, I give it all to you, God. I need your resources. Take mine and give me yours because this works of my hand I want to be your work. I commit these hands to your work 
And by lifting your hands, that's what you're saying. You're saying, this is what I'm doing in the physical uh, realm is I'm lifting my hands and in my heart, in my spirit, my motive is to say, give me your resources. My motive is to say, give me your resources, your thoughts, your spirit. I surrender. I don't have anything you can't see. 